Welcome to And The Nominee Is, an Oklahoma podcast with a twist. Hi, I'm Julie Clemens, and I'm your host. So here's how it works. Each guest has been nominated by a previous guest. All of the guests have a connection to Oklahoma, whether they've just visited here, they work here, or they live here. This keeps the podcast fresh, fun, and right here in Oklahoma. Now you know. So let's get started. My guest today is Jara Killingsworth. And uh, Jara, thank you so much, first of all, for being on my podcast and the nominee is. It's a pleasure to have you here. Thank you so much, Julie. I'm glad to be here. Well, so we want to tell everyone um, who you are to begin with. So I've had two people on representing Utopia Plastics, one being the head honcho herself, <laughs> um, you know, Miss Sharina Perry, who is your mother. And I have to tell you, when... Um, Katrina Tompkins, who nominated you, said, you know, I'm going to nominate Sharina's um, executive assistant and who is also her daughter, Jara Killingsworth. It, I, I kind of stared at her like this blank look like, wait a minute. I have been talking to Jara via email and I never knew they were related. <laughs> I, I don't love to, not that I'm not proud of it, but I don't want that to be my reason if that makes sense so that's kind of why but um yes my name is Jared Killingsworth I am 25 I am a mom I was going to ask you your age because you are so young I mean so young so would you consider yourself um so 25 that's it is that a gen z or I'm, is that a millennial I'm on that weird line I'm on the weird okay. line that some people want to claim it as Gen Z. Some people want to claim it as a millennial. Uh, I don't know what we're labeled at this point. <laughs> <I'm>, the, <laughs> nope. Uh, I've had people get... You're mid-20s, we'll say that. I am mid-20s, and I've had people get upset that I'm claiming the 90s, but I have memories. I have memories from the <laughs> 90s, and I love it. So, yes. All right, so tell me about... So you're the executive assistant... Um, or Sharina Perry of Utopia Plastics. And I will say ever since the interview that I had with your mom, I think back in October, early October, um, I don't know if it's just now that I'm familiar with the company or, I, I mean, I'm just seeing it all over the place now, Jara. I mean, so, so many news stations and podcasts and, you know, things on Facebook. It, I mean, the company is really blowing up in a, in a good way, <laughs> you know, just really getting the word out there. So what are your thoughts about that? I love seeing the progress that we're making. I think Utopia is set to truly change the world. And I think getting into as many markets as we can, getting the name out there as much as possible is really going to set us up for the future of the company. And I really think that with the mission that we have to not create any more problems, but find solutions for them. I think that should be kind of what the precedent is for the world is like, we don't need any more problems. 
we should all be working together for a communal goal of just making things the best that we can. So those who have not heard the interview with Sharina, or this is the first time they're saying, I, I've never heard of Utopia Plastics. Can you just give them a little Reader's Digest version of, okay, what what is Utopia Plastics? What are they doing for the world? So we here at Utopia Plastics, we create resins that can be used in any traditional plastics applications. And those can go into all of the things that you see on a daily basis that are made out of plastics. And so we, we really wanted to create something that was going to be beneficial in all aspects of the marketplace, from the farmers to the manufacturers and all the way up to the buyers and the final consumers. So that's our mission here. And we're, like I said, trying to solve problems rather than create them. Yeah, that is that is so great. And starting with the solving problem, starting in the very beginning, your mom told me the story about the creation of the straw in the kitchen. That's almost become like this famous story now, you know, that <laughs> right. she, I know she's had to repeat and repeat, but you were there, right? right? So tell me your version of the story from a daughter's perspective. Like, were you like, okay, mom is going loco now. <laughs> Um, well, I'm going to say that I was right on board with her. Plas or paper straws are not, they are not great. They fall apart and right. everybody, everybody hates them. So um, I had actually kind of just been invested in various different things that were going on. I, I was really into like just natural things. I had um, been interested in like the properties of beeswax and I had been hearing about the benefits of beeswax. And so she told me that she was making straws and she was like, can you come over and help? And I, and so then we started brainstorming ideas of what straws could be coated in that are not going to necessarily break down, that could potentially absorb into the paper, that could potentially be least toxic as possible as well, um, and, and kind of help in the paper straw marketplace. And so that's how it started was, okay, we're going to, roll these straws in the kitchen and we're going to try and coat them in the least toxic things as possible so that was uh, a solid night of figuring out what that looked like how to not have it just completely clogged with wax as well um, and so then it kind of spiraled from there is like this can't be the best option either so what other things might have the right properties to create something that's beneficial in all aspects of disposable materials and everything like that. So I, I did read that really the beeswax and finding the right binder that night was your idea. It kind of came from you to your mom, right? Right. Um, so we had kind of kicked around some, some other ideas, paraffin, for example. And I was like, that I don't think anybody wants that potentially going into their body. Um, and right. so we had just kicked around a few other ideas. What's going to make it? water resistant as well um, and, and so the liquids can pass through it and so I said you know beeswax is non-toxic it's something natural people are generally not necessarily allergic to it um, and it is something that as long as we're keeping the bees safe then it, it's regenerative it's something easy in that manner and um, it's also reducing a waste issue so you know, if, if people are getting honey, then there's wax that comes from that honey. And there's not necessarily always places where that wax is going. So we went and got some chunks of beeswax, melted that down, and that 
that's what coated the first few straws that we made. And it, we realized that it was actually really strong. It hardened really well. Um, but we knew that that wasn't the end, the end of that journey. All right. So I have to tell you at 25 years old and you were younger when you started doing this, you are so smart. <laughs> so is that, um, I mean, your mom is just in incredibly intelligent. So is, is that something that just you got from your mom? Are you going to school? Tell me a little bit about you. So I've always been the type of person that wanted to tinker with things. Um, I have always, I, I've been a DIYer. I've been a crafter. I have been a tinkerer. I remember like the toys that I wanted even as a kid were the science kits and you know um and there was one specific toy I remember I know this is an interesting story but it was a circuit board essentially I think I was like 10 <laughs> and I loved this thing I would sit there for hours and play with this circuit board and now I tell people to get it for their kids because I was like I loved it um they still make it <laughs> um but I had gone to school for business originally and then in the middle of me going to school is actually when utopia was created and so i kind of stepped into this role of how do we build that out and what does that look like um and so i don't have an engineering background i don't have any of the i don't have a scientific background i don't have any of those things but i'm very solution oriented and so it, it, if if we've got a problem what's what's a fix even if it's a quirky fix even if it doesn't make sense i'm looking for a solution and so, um one of the first things that i spoken with shreen about was regenerative electricity in homes and it was sort of a water wheel process um, and what that looked like and and potentially generating electricity um if say you know generators are expensive um but usually water is still flowing so how how could we potentially do that and I think ever since then, my mom has been coming to me kind of like, you could probably figure out the quirkiest thing to, to do um, to find a solution for a problem. And so that's she calls me when we're when we're trying to kick around the things that don't make sense. That is amazing. And to be as young as you are and the confidence that your mom has in you, that's impressive. Also, I wanted to talk to you um, a little bit to a, a side note, um, aside from the company rather, is your generation. Um, I read about millennials and Gen Zs, your your kind of generation, how how much more they are environmentally conscious, they're aware of climate change and not only aware about it, but they prioritize it. They're they're active. Do you do you see that? And and why do you why do you think that is? If you do see that, why do you think that is for your generation? I think I, I do notice it. I, I will say that. I notice that um on a daily basis, people that are turning down getting to-go boxes and bringing their own, people who are bringing their own cutlery, things like that. Um, and I think it's because we all see that the world that we grew up in is not what we are in now. And I think to a certain extent, everyone is searching for that type of safety, that type of security. I think, I think everybody can look back and there's a sweet spot in life that they remember that, how do we get back there? Um, and, and also knowing that when we see things happening around the world that are clearly based off of the choices that unfortunately humans have made, I think it's how do we fix that? How do we reduce the issue 
that not necessarily started with our generation and 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 i don't think it's any older generation's fault i think it's they didn't have the knowledge of what that problem was going to create and so i think because of that with the knowledge that we are coming into now with the accessibility to knowledge that we have now we are seeing a lot more people that are, are closer to my age and even younger than i am that are like how do we fix the problems we don't have to argue about who started them how do we fix them and so i think that's what i see right now is that we are trying to find a new sweet spot um, a new place and also i think everybody's concerned about the longevity of this life and and i think when you're witnessing some of the things that are breaking down across the world nobody wants to go into that for another 20 30 40 50 years and so i think that's what people are looking at is how do we reduce those issues mm-hmm. that's a, that's a really smart way of saying it so what do you think the future for jara is let's say we're looking down the road 10 years i know it's not going to be that <laughs> long but 10 years you utopia is there it has a name for it it's it's doing its thing for the world now it's time for another generation to come in add another way to make solutions you're right don't point fingers that's doing us no good to point fingers and saying you're the reason why we got where we are well let's come together and, and form some solutions and unfortunately though because of generations prior to you it's fallen on your shoulders your generation's shoulders to fix it right and right because i think it's not only affecting all of us now with climate change we can see it we can deny it but we can see it uh, but it's going to affect people like my daughter my grandchildren your son and i think when it starts pulling on the heartstrings then we go ooh wait a minute i know it may not affect me in my lifetime but i i love my children and my family and i don't want them to see to go through this, right? So I think it kind of gets us going and, and trying to get something done. So I went the long way around <laughs> of saying, what do you think your your generation is going to do? Or what do you have in mind for the next step, level of utopia or maybe even another name? I mean, is there something other, I mean, you mentioned one right there with your mom, but is there something else that you see even on a larger scale, traveling with your mom, listening to other people saying, hey, I love your idea. Hey, maybe if we do this and this and this, it'll help this way. And, you know, I, I don't know anything about all this, but I'm very passionate about it. And um, I told your mom, I do all I can. And right now we're just trying to plant, um, you know, things to eat, not buy so much at the store, but grow our own. We have these simple recyclable trash cans and um, just little stuff like that. Everything that we can think of to be sustainable, um, that we, that we know how to do and we can afford to do right now, but on a larger scale, you, you are, you are that larger scale <laughs> and you are that generation that can, you know, move the world to a, a better place. So what do you think, what have you heard your generation is thinking about is, is doing is making the steps. So the quote says, um, you can't do all the good in the world, but the world needs all the good that you can do. And so, um, for me, I think 
seeing that we're transitioning into electric cars, we're working on these things to reduce emissions, um, anything where um, I know that there are websites where you can plant trees every time you log in and use their servers, um, things like that, reducing like you said, um, planting your own vegetables, doing all those things, trying to support local businesses. I think that's a huge thing is that, you know, we are so used to the convenience of the big chains and everything, but supporting local businesses is really how we keep the smaller economies going um, that, that we are in here and now. Um, and so I think for me, um, as you mentioned, I have a son and um, me and his father are looking at things every day as to, is that really what we want to expose him to? What does that look like going forward? Um, what, what, what does education look like? What do all of those things look like? What does it look like to educate his friends on the things that, that can improve his planet? And I think being conscious is a major part of this whole thing. Um, and, and being able to see that we are the next teaching generation. Um, so if we want a change, we have to be setting the precedent for that change. And we have to be willing to be the teachers and not just the placeholders, not just the consumers, not just <clears throat> the people who sit back and watch it happen. We have to teach, we have to take action. And so I think going forward, um, really for me, it's it's about sustainable energy it's about sustainable materials it's about you know the reduce reuse recycle kind of thing it's we've heard that I heard that when I was a kid and I will say that I don't think it was implemented as much as it was preached um, and so I think really truly trying to make those changes globally um, you know <clears throat> think globally act locally so you know act with what's around you and you're actually making a far larger impact than you might realize because you're also if your neighbor sees you recycling maybe that inclines them to start recycling so i think those things even taking the small steps is actually what what's going to create the larger impact i love that and you know you just said um seeing a neighbor recycle maybe make you recycle i think people really at heart want to make a difference they want to do something. They just don't know what to do, right? It's like, okay, yeah, I do want to do this, but what do I do other than right. recycle? What do I do other than, you know, uh, trying my best to eat locally or, um, you know, maybe buy, uh, buy at mm -hmm. thrift stores and, and being careful of what I choose. So um, as a younger person, what is it that your generation that you know of that, what are you doing? Is it is it more like you said, the electric cars? Are you thinking in that direction? Whereas I'm old, old school thinking, I'll just recycle this mm -hmm. plastic, you know, and, and shop at thrift stores. But I know thrift stores mm -hmm. is huge as well. You know, new generations coming in and, and it's like a big deal to shop at thrift stores, which I'm so happy about. I think, um, I think the global marketplace has to look at things differently. Um, if, if you look at news um, from around the world, what you'll see is that a lot of big consumer waste goes across the world and it's left there. And I think making, if, if a company, this is just an example, but if a company is making 
50,000 shirts and they only sell 40,000. I think they need to repurpose those materials. I think that's a big step. Um, just to go back into the supply chain, it's not as hard as it may be made out to be. Um, and, and I think, um, I think there's actually a lot more things in place than we might realize that are going towards um, more sustainable things. For example, a lot of homes, whether people are conscious of it or not, they've got low flow sinks, they've got low flow toilets, they've got high efficiency light bulbs. And so those things is making those even small conscious choices of what's in your home um, is a major thing. But I think um, when I see people my age, I think um, what I see a lot of is mainly going down to things that are no longer single use as much. Um, I think that's a major thing is longevity of use. Um, that's the best way to put it is longevity of use is how, what's the quality of the item that I'm getting and how long will I be able to maintain that long term? Um, and so I think that's a, a major shift that I've seen happening is not so much of a single use uh, thing. And that's also what Utopia is trying to do is even if you are using a single use item, what is that going to do environmentally? And, and can it still reduce the issue that we're seeing with how many single use items there are? But I do think that that for the millennials, for the Gen Zs, for the Gen X, uh, everyone, the, that the major thing that's shifting is longevity of use. Is if I if I buy this sofa, how long am I going to love this sofa? Right. That's a that's a great way of putting it. You know, I hear all the time in, with my generation is why don't they make things the way they used to? You know why? And it, and it does make you question why is something that I just bought two years ago already broken, or they're telling me I need to upgrade when my grandmother still has her refrigerator that hasn't broken down since the 1950s, you know? And they were far more functional at the time. If you like, I, I saw a fridge the other day, I think it was from the fifties and they had like a removable yes. vegetable container. And I was like, why do we not have this standard? Um, so I agree. I agree because we think everything needs to be electronics. Mm -hmm. Now everything is supposed to be easy. Um, and it may be easy on the consumer at the right. time, but in the long run, it is not for us or right. our earth. So I think that's what we definitely need to think about. Um, Jara, I am so impressed with you. I know I said that at the beginning, but your mama has got to be <laughs> proud little lady, because I, I, I'm just, I'm impressed. I'm honored to have been able to talk to you today and um, understand your generation's knowledge, lots of knowledge. And I hope you keep putting it out there. And um, speaking of that, do you have someone you would like to nominate for another podcast? Yes, I would. I am nominating Alexis Wade. She is also young as, as am I, and she is just at the top of her game and I think that she is doing wonderful things as as a business person and I I think that she deserves a spot here so that is who I nominate her name is Alexis Wade she is Alexis with Mizzou okay. 
Magellan Executive Partner. All right. Jara, again, thank you so much. It has been such a pleasure to talk to you. You are beautiful inside and out. Good luck with Utopia, working with your mom, not that you need it. And um, and with your little boy, congratulations with that. I mean, he's a couple of years old now, right? Yes, he's two and a half and just a spitfire. He is so smart. I don't know where he um, gets that. It, he... <laughs> gives me a run for my money every day. So, yes. Well, thank you again so much. Have a wonderful day. Thank Jared. you so much for having me. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of And the Nominee Is. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next week.